0: Hello and welcome to Apply's Job Bytes. We're a podcast that covers jobs, job searching, the job application process, career growth and development, and almost everything in between. Our show is sponsored by apply.io, the free browser extension that helps you apply to jobs with a single click and writes really good cover letters for you using AI. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Apply's Job Bytes. I'm Jean, your host, and with me today is Lisa Braithwaite, lisa welcome to the show thank you well lisa delighted to have you here and you've had a very interesting career i see that you've been working in academia uh training you're an author founder entrepreneur with your own business really focused on helping people become better speakers and presenters and i'm really glad to have you on the show because we speak about a lot of parts of the job seeking process and about career development but well, we don't often cover what's probably the elephant in the room, which is knowing how to get your best voice across and doing yourself justice when speaking. And of course the bar has been raised so high in modern times. Um, it's probably never actually been more intimidating to be, uh, unconfident about public speaking than it is today.
1: Well, because of, you know, starting with radio and then TV and then the internet, now everybody can see and hear you when you speak. There was a time we knew of the great orators, but we maybe didn't really hear them in person. We read their speeches and that was all we knew. So now you can't, you can't hide, you, you really can't hide.
0: And goods insofar as this domain has become so good. Like you, you watch the TED talks and things, but we all have to start somewhere. And there are many people listening that are probably, you know, various points of the spectrum, but want to improve. And there's, there's also probably a little bit of a disconnect in terms of their own self-perception when they speak. Right. So uh, what are some of the common mistakes that, that you see when people are speaking? And specifically in the a, in a context of, let's say, a, a meeting?
1: Mm-hmm. I would say the biggest mistake that people make in terms of meetings in terms of speaking up in meetings and and being heard in meetings is that they just don't prepare and this is really I, I, this is probably going to be the same thing i say about any kind of speaking people don't prepare and your listeners might be thinking well why do what do i need to do to prepare for a meeting you know my boss tells me there's a meeting and i go but that's not actually <laughs> that's not actually the case there's usually a purpose of the meeting Maybe there isn't, I know a lot of people have meetings that, that feel like they don't have a purpose and that's kind of a different animal. But generally, you know what the meeting's about, you know why the meeting is happening. Sometimes you even have an agenda. So I recommend that people always prepare to speak up at a meeting, be prepared to be called on. So a couple of things that I recommend people do is, first of all, if there is an agenda, study it look at the agenda, look at what is going to be discussed, and really think about how you can contribute. If you really want to get yourself heard, if you want to be seen as, you know, uh, somebody who's engaged and somebody who's a go-getter, then be prepared by studying the meeting agenda first. Prepare yourself by, first of all, um, thinking about, you know, at the very minimum, am I going to be called on? Is somebody going to ask me to speak to something on the agenda and be prepared for that? And prepare what you would say if somebody called you called on you for your opinion or your piece of uh, the work or the project that's being discussed. The other thing is look at the agenda and ask yourself if you want to bring up anything yourself. If there's something that's been uh, bothering you or something that you want to contribute, something that you think is a great idea, prepare to bring it up. So people tend to go into meetings in a passive way. And I suggest that you prepare yourself and prepare either to be called on unexpectedly or prepare to bring something up yourself that you think is an important point and that maybe nobody else is going to think about.
0: And in terms of that preparation, is there a difference between thinking about what you might want to contribute and maybe writing that down or thinking about it and also like actually vocalizing it, actually saying it out loud prior to the meeting, or even if it's just in a private setting, does does that help? Does that add any value?
1: If you're the kind of person who worries about you know, making a mistake or saying the wrong thing. Personally, um, that's not me. (laughs) I I really encourage my clients, the people I work with, I really encourage them to speak from the heart. And I do encourage people to have some kind of notes, but generally more bullet points and not, you know, rehearsing something or having kind Hmm. of paragraphs, you know, that you try to remember. I would suggest that you bullet point out your ideas and especially look we're all virtual right now i'm sitting here you know in my living room and i can have notes on my screen i can have a word document in front of me on my screen i can print something out and have it sitting over here i mean this is a, an amazing time <laughs> to to really be prepared there's almost no excuse when you can have your notes sitting right in front of you on the screen or off to the side and nobody can see your notes nobody cares if you have notes so i would suggest having some sort of bullet points that you can address if you feel like you need to if it's a hard conversation if it's something that you're really nervous about bringing up and is maybe controversial or uncomfortable in some way you might want to practice how to broach it you might want to practice kind of how to bring it up but i wouldn't practice you know the whole thing i would just have some bulleted notes so that you can look look at your screen or your paper or whatever it is you need to look at to remind yourself yeah. what you want to talk about
0: and it strikes me that there's probably i think when we talk about improving one's speech and making sure that you're you know you, you make a good active contribution you present your best self i think a lot of us will default to thinking about those that struggle to kind of say enough or say anything but there's people on the other end of the spectrum. And I and I put myself in this category that default to saying too much. And just like sometimes there's like needless fluff in there. And, you know, not to turn this uh, podcast into a personal therapy session. But when I get nervous, I tend to, I'll say like the same thing in like two or three ways. And I found like when I started doing the podcast, actually, I'd ask the same question to my guest in three different ways yes. before I even like... I'm done now. It's time time for you to speak. It's like, why am I even doing that?
1: I do the same thing. So I'm very familiar with that. And I do, I do tend to say the same thing in three different ways. That's not necessarily a bad thing, Uh, especially in a presentation. It actually helps people sometimes to understand your concept by approaching it in a couple different ways. Like you may just flat out say, here's the concept. And then you may tell a story about it, or you may have an analogy about it. And then you may have a different kind of illustration about it. It's not necessarily mm. a bad thing, but I do catch myself doing it. And, um, it's funny how you said, you know, the fluff, I am actually giving, uh, I'm doing a workshop in December called, well, it's called tighten your talk and it's about doing uh, micro presentations. It's right. about presentations that are five minutes or less because a lot of people are being asked to do this. And when I consider, I think of three things there's the fat, the flat, and the fluff. The fat is the things that are maybe extraneous, you know, stories, activities, content, things that might be juicy and interesting, but don't fit. And I, I may tend toward the fat, telling too many stories and using too many illustrations. Um, The flat is, you know, the statistics, the data, your Mm. life history, the things that are really dry that the audience doesn't need and that are going to put them to sleep. And then what I consider the fluff is the content that's just there for the sake of entertainment. It's not it's not really juicy. It's not really relevant. It's not really even important in any way. And that wastes precious seconds. When we're talking about five minute presentations, we're talking about seconds. So those three things, the fat, the flat, and the fluff definitely need to go. And you need to think about what are the most critical things that you need to say in a meeting or in a presentation, and then really be listening to This is the thing is people don't listen to themselves. They don't actually hear themselves. When you listen to yourself and you hear yourself, then you're able to cut yourself off because you know, you're done. A lot of people mm. don't do that. They don't listen.
0: Is that a useful? exercise then for like if I feel like this is something I want to work on should I consider just yeah recording myself listening back thinking okay well how would I say that differently what what are the bits that I would trim out if I got to say that whole spiel again
1: yes recording and and again nobody has an excuse not to record themselves anymore because we are mostly on camera we're mostly doing these meetings on platforms like Zoom, and we are being recorded almost all the time. And if you're not recording yourself, then you should consider recording yourself. That way you can always listen back and listen to what you're saying and watch what you're saying and kind of get a sense of, excuse me, (laughs) apologies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Lisa, maybe it's a good time to, to ask you about Speaking specifically at this time, in virtual uh, or remote interviews, and it was a long time ago that I'd seen talking about the flat. Actually, here's a bit of flat. There was a statistic out there talking about how, why, what kind of weighting is assigned to the different aspects of communication, and. I know a heavy weighting goes towards your body language, right? I can't remember what it was, but it was like a big portion. And
1: yeah, I'm going to challenge you on that. Actually, that is you're talking about a statistic that people repeat mm. uh, supposedly by Albert Morabian, Morabian, who oh, that- did. Okay. Yes, he did a lot of research on on communication. And people have boiled that down to something like 90% of your communication is nonverbal or 93% is nonverbal and 7% is something that's actually not true. And that's not what his research was about at all. That's not at all what his research was about. Um, And I I have actually several blog posts about this (laughs) over the years, because it's, it's a, it's a misinterpretation of his research but yet people have repeated it and repeated it he himself albert morabian himself says that he cringes when he hears people repeat this statistic because that is never what he intended so anyway let's not let's just not even go yeah. there
0: yeah well hey that's a that's a great piece of cuz you know, out of all the stuff that and you see often and if you like often... i'll send it
1: to you i'll send it to you so you can see what the what the truth is
0: uh, it is such a misnomer isn't it you see that sort of it's in so yes. many linkedin posts i can't log into linkedin without someone referencing that
1: no it's the worst and um and he he did this research 30 40 years ago um, more and um and people have been misinterpreting it pretty much since day one and i and several of my fellow speaking coaches have taken it upon ourselves to bust that myth <laughs> That is a communication non-verbal myth communi- right there. Yes, I confess, I mean, 20 something years ago, when I, before I was a speaking coach, but was teaching different kinds of, you know, skills and communication skills in uh, my job, I was using that statistic. I didn't right. know either. And, yeah. um, and then of course I started researching it because here's another thing that people do while we're on the topic. People repeat statistics and repeat, <sighs> data which we're seeing a lot you know over the past few months in terms of covid and all these things yeah. people repeat statistics and data without verifying it they hear something and they go that sounds good i'm going to i'm going to use that and yeah. um, this 93% of communication being nonverbal is one of the most overused misinterpreted statistics that's out there but people don't they don't do the research they don't verify and they just repeat things So this is another thing that I teach people, if you're going to be out there doing public speaking and you want to be considered credible, you need to research and verify because these days people can go to Google while you're talking in the middle of your live presentation and Google the the statistics and the facts, right? They can fact check you in real time. I mean, people have been able to do that for a long time in live presentations in a ballroom. People could fact check you on their phone. But now you're just sitting right here on the computer. So really, really think twice before using statistics that you have not verified yourself.
0: I would love to be able to say that this was all staged just for uh, (laughs) us to illustrate the point. But I've actually been the perfect uh, guinea pig. uh, You have. You've
1: been a foil. You've been the perfect foil.
0: (laughs) And um, I'd seen, ai think a meme, it's a meme, because I've seen this a couple of months ago and it was just, it was posted, probably not on LinkedIn, probably somewhere else. But it said, it was a quote and it said, uh, did you know that up to 80% of statistics that you read on the internet are made up? And it was attributed to Albert Einstein.
1: Yep, yep. <laughs> right. I've seen those. They're great. They attribute them to Abraham Lincoln. You know? Oh, that, yeah. So, yeah. That, yeah, those are really good. Um, but yes, it's absolutely true.
0: Well, Lisa, with, with, with the time that we have remaining, I'd love to squeeze in what are some of your recommendations then for you know so many people out there that okay, well, there's a lot of people that are looking for jobs right now, but there's fortunate people out there that are looking for jobs and actually lining up interviews and they have to do those interviews uh, virtually and remotely. And so it's, it would seem to me that over the medium of just you know this digital medium that maybe some of the you know rules of the game have changed a little bit. Is that right? Are the things that they need to focus on more or less, given that it's all remote and virtual now in an interview?
1: I would say yes, things have changed to some degree. We still have to pay attention to all the same things and I would say even more. So for example, video for one thing kind of flattens us out. It flattens us out um, visually, it flattens out our voice a little bit. And so on video conferencing, we have to be more energetic. We have to have more energy than usual, because it's really easy to go monotone when you don't have anybody to look at when, like, for example, you're on my screen right now, you're down here, Mm -hmm. but I want to look into the camera. I want to look into the camera. So the people who may be watching this later. Um, see me looking at them. And because I'm looking at the camera, I'm not looking at you. I'm not looking at anything. And so we tend to, we tend to get a little bit more monotone and a little more flattened out when we don't have somebody on the, in the room with us, you know, that we're not feeding off of, of their energy. Right? So if you're too flat energetically, it's gonna really come across on video. So you need a little bit more physical energy, a little bit more vocal energy. I'm really watching my posture because you know we still have to pay attention to our body language. You can still see me sitting here. If I'm uh, slouching, if I'm not focused, it's very obvious. And even if you're not on camera, it comes across in your voice. So you have to be a little bit more energetic, a little bit more enthusiastic, a little bit more focused. Here's another thing I want to mention. My husband goes to work really early in the morning. So what does it have to do with any of this? That when I get up, I haven't spoken to anybody. I get up in the morning, I'm all alone mm. in the house with the cats. And then I go into a meeting or maybe I give a presentation. Well, when you haven't talked to anybody, a lot of times you're not warmed up.
0: Oh, yeah. And
1: you, I find that if I have, say, an eight o'clock in the morning presentation, and I haven't talked to anybody yet, and I just kind of, you know, roll out of bed and have my tea, and then go into a presentation, I stumble over my words more. I'm not my my voice isn't warmed up, and I I get a little creaky and shaky. Right. So these are the kinds of things you have to pay attention to even more. When you literally just turn on the camera and here you are in a meeting or here you are giving a presentation, you have to do a little bit more of a warm up. You may need to uh, warm up your face, yawn, stretch, do some head or neck rolls, talk to your cats and your dogs, your kids, I don't know, whoever is in the house, and really get yourself uh, warmed up and get your mouth warmed up. I mean, I was surprised when I started discovering this how much I would stumble over my words because my mouth literally was not warmed up and I hadn't (laughs) spoken to anybody yet in the day. Um, So these are the kinds of things people don't think about, but they will help a lot, especially in a job interview where you might already be nervous. All of those tips about stretching and neck rolls and head rolls and warming up your face and your jaw and your mouth and your voice, those are going to come in really handy to, um, to feel a little bit less nervous.
0: Such a great point. And it, you know, obviously it's common sense, but to come to think of it, there's so many mornings that I wake up and I just rock straight into. Because when you're not in the office, you know, you get to the office and you, uh, there's this corridor chit chat, you bump into a colleague right. in the lift and you've right. had like 10 conversations before your first meeting. But nowadays, now nah, you wake up, to say roll out of bed and
1: yeah. just rock up it's, into your first it's Zoom. Def- it's different.
0: And uh, you're not, it you might not be, <laughs> your face is not ready.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And especially when, you know, Hey, I'm a professional. I do this professionally. I do this all the time. I can be ready for a meeting in five minutes. I mean, you know, or a presentation or whatever I can be ready in a, in a very short amount of time. And you probably can too. A lot of the people we're talking about right now are, are not, uh, speaking professionals. They're not people who are used to having to perform like what you and I do. And so it, it, um, It bears repeating that warming up before any kind of a meeting or an interview where you are going to be on stage, right? Not literally on stage, but on stage in the meeting or in the interview, uh, you want to warm yourself up.
0: Lisa, it doesn't surprise me at all that it was amazing speaking with you. And there's been so much helpful advice for our listeners today. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Thank you. I have enjoyed it. And I actually don't get to talk about things like job interviews and uh, meetings at work very often. So it was kind of fun for me to talk about something a little bit different.
0: Oh, yeah. I I have a feeling many of our listeners will be uh, looking you up. And so we're going to keep a link to your pages in the description to our podcast. Thanks thanks again. And to all our listeners, this was another episode of Applies Job Bites, and uh, we'll catch you soon. Hey, we hope you enjoyed the show. For any feedback, requests or suggestions of things that we should include on upcoming shows, please drop us a line at contact at apply.io. Thanks and we'll catch you next time. takes all the pain out of a blind, the jobs away. Apply in a single click, start and track. Your applications never write a cover letter again.